Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Diana Corderone. She is the owner and founder of Fine Feather Nutrition. How are you doing this morning, Diana? Great, thank you. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. And I'm just honored, excited, and happy to have you here this morning. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. So let's jump right in, Diana. As I mentioned, you are the owner and founder of Fine Feather Nutrition. You are a holistic nutritionist, a certified nutritional practitioner. How long have you been a holistic nutritionist and nutritional practitioner now? So licensed and <laughs> legal, I guess I would say a little over two years. Okay. But in general, for my family's overall health, I would say the last 10 years. Last 10 years. To be okay. quite honest. So what inspired your journey into the world of coaching? Did this journey begin with some of your own personal struggles? Yes, it did. Namely, my son and his diagnosis with autism through conventional medicine and conventional medicine that refused to assist me with what they were calling extremely high functioning autism. They were giving me the recommendation that because he was extremely high functioning, that I would be put on a wait list okay. and I would have to wait sit and wait and see what the outcome would be for my son, who was four at the time. So that didn't sit well with me. So of course, I turned into helicopter mom, like any mom would. <laughs> yeah. And I started doing my own investigations and what went wrong and where did we go wrong or where did the medical system go wrong? It, I just, I wanted to put the blame on someone or something and find out how I could, you know, take this away, like ASAP, like, yeah, yeah you told me it's this, but let's find the highway to get it out of him. Like what yeah. happened? What went wrong? So of course, you know, high paced lifestyle that I lived at the time, corporate, I was mm -hmm. in the legal world downtown, you know, okay. doing the 715 go train ride into the city. My husband self-employed, we needed to like figure out how we were going to dive into this big, huge personal struggle that we were yeah, going to be going for sure. through. So the amazing law firm that I worked for at the time was totally understanding. And they said, you do what you have to do and we'll make arrangements. And I refused again to wait on any wait list for any, for anything or anybody to tell me, yeah, you can come in for this so-called assessment. So like I said, I went, you know, helicopter mom balls against the wall. <laughs> we're doing this, 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 and this. I found a functional practitioner. Yeah. I found a naturopath. I did all the recommendations that they told me to do. And I wasn't going to let the diagnosis take over. I was going to, you know, figure out what went, like I said, what went wrong and how we were going to move on as a family. So that was how I deviled into 
the amazing properties that food has in your lifestyle. Yeah, what a way to do to get into that. I mean, that's a hell of a journey to go through and deal with all that. And of course, you're going to go into mama bear protective mode and do whatever the hell you need to do to to get things sorted out. Mm -hmm. So how have these experiences helped shape the Diana you are today, do you think? Well, it's opened my eyes to the fact that you have to be able to adapt and be accountable for the lifestyle changes or the lifestyle mindset, which is the holy grail to this, right? Knowledge is power. That's how it's affected me. And that's how I've adapted a healthier lifestyle and which I encourage my clients to do so as well, right? That's a tough one though. I mean, the whole mindset shift is a very, very hard struggle. I mean, we've all gone through it at some point in our lives. And I know I struggled with shifting my mindset too, but I have to say, once you are able to do that, your whole world shifts and changes and things open up and it's like a whole new world. It is. And then when you correlate the fact that you changed your mindset and then you sit and you reflect on the fact that, oh my goodness, I changed my mindset. It's making me feel better. It's making me healthier. The two go hand in hand. They're part and parcel of each other. Yeah. 100%. So that's the enlightening part of it is that People think that it's just, it can't be food. It can't be this. I can't. Because we're all so programmed to be that helicopter person or that routine robot. I know the metaphor, take the time to smell the roses. We don't do that as a society. We do not do that. No, we don't. And I think if nothing else, COVID has shown us that we need to do that more. So it's shone a very bright light on the fact that we do need to do that. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up and realize that, you know what, we don't have to live the way we've been living for so long. We can change things and slow down and do exactly that. Slow down and smell the roses and enjoy the small things in life. Well, we had two years to do that. Yeah, exactly. So if no one picked up on that in the last two years, that's actually very sad as a society. We're very sad as a society. For sure. So That's my takeaway from everything that's been going on in the circumstances that we've been in for the last two years. That's the silver lining. People should actually see the silver lining and and not complain and feel like they're stuck in a situation where they can't get out. You can get out. You can, absolutely. And that's that's another part of the problem, right, is all the negativity that was being spewed by the media and everybody else that was listening in and perpetuating that negativity around the whole situation. It's just like, holy shit, guys, like you gotta, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of horrible things that happened as a result of COVID personal loss, financial loss, all of that stuff. But we have to look at the other side of things, the silver lining, as you say, because there is a silver lining there. Look at all the amazing things that were birthed out of COVID, all the businesses and the people waking up and realizing that they don't have to live the way that they've been living for all of these years. There's been such exactly. amazing and beautiful things that have come out of it. So many stories. You hear so yeah. many amazing stories of people turning their lives around, some good, some bad. And sometimes even the negative stories that I'm hearing that have come out of it have actually had a silver lining on top of a silver lining. Yeah. So sure. it's like double. They put it forward two times because yeah. they've gotten themselves out of a rut, and then they've either paid it forward by telling someone else their story, and it's it's just a domino effect. That's right, 100%. And, you know, that's what's amazing about your podcast as well, is that you're telling, everybody's telling their story, and everybody's listening. They're not hearing. 
It's not the Charlie Brown teacher that everybody's so used <laughs> yeah. to hearing all the time. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Literally, yeah. people are wholeheartedly sick because they have no choice. Yeah, exactly. And then once you catch them and once you get them intrigued and it resonates with them in some way, shape or form, that's it. You're going zero to 60 in like 10 seconds and everybody's off. Exactly. You're right. 100%. Mm-hmm. In order to heal someone, you must ask them to give up what made them sick. This quote means a lot to you. And you adopted this as your mantra and you use it with your clients. Can you speak a little bit about that and why this holds so much meaning to you and why you decided to use this as your mantra with your clients in your work with them? Yes. So like I said before, as a society, we are creatures of habit and we have vices and those habits and those vices are causing 95% of all the diseases that are out there in the world. I'm not talking diseases like cancer. I'm talking diseases like autoimmunity, diseases that affect us as, as a being where it's debilitating that fibromyalgia stigma that, oh, my doctor says I have fibromyalgia. No, you have bad health. You're, yeah. you're making bad choices. You're letting, you know, these bad habits that you have and these vices that you have take over you. And people look at me like I have two heads. Like I'll do an intake with a client whether it's has been by zoom or in person now. And they're looking at me like I have two heads and they're frowning. And they're like, where are you coming from? Like, it's like, they think I'm crazy, but it's like asking someone to suffer with a headache and not take ibuprofen, Advil, Tylenol. It's like, they're looking at me like you're asking me to suffer with this headache for the rest of my life, because what you're telling me is not going to correct my issue. So the irony is their lifestyle is causing that headache. So if you ask people to give up what's making them sick, which is their lifestyle, high pace, lack of nutrition, lack of good supplementation, lack of relaxation, lack of self-love. And you ask them to give those up and put in that whole mind, body, spirit mantra, whereas feed myself, take care of myself and let my spirit be, they can't make that correlation. So I know firsthand what it feels like to be that mom. I've been that mom who goes to work to swimming, to soccer, then dinner, lunches, laundry, and then repeat. Every day is the same. It's auto, yeah. it's repeat, right? Groundhog day. <laughs> those, and then those, thank God it's Friday moments. Oh my God. And then like, you don't need Friday or the weekend to catch up on your sleep, to catch up on your errands, to get in that you time. You should be doing that every day. So when I came across the quote was when I was in my naturopath's office because I was dealing with my own health issues at that time because total burnout dealing with, you know, my family issues, my personal issues. And I had my, you know, Western medicine doctor tell me, I can't help you. This is beyond my realm of like, I don't know what's wrong with you, right? So I was sitting in the naturopath's office that I had found. I was sitting in her office and I saw it in a scroll across a painting. And mm. I'm thinking, oh my God, what the irony, I'm in a naturopath's office. I'm looking up, I'm reading this thing and I'm going, oh my goodness, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to become one day. I'm going to become that person that has to give up everything to actually heal myself. I don't even need this lady that I'm going to go see. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking in my head. She's going to tell me that I need to do this, 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 and this. But that phrase alone that I saw on the wall has healed me more than the protocol she's going to put me on. Because I knew right there at that moment, I knew right there I was going to quit my job. I knew I was going to do some lifestyle changes. I knew that I was going to, you know, start doing certain things that were going to be more of a positive energy than what she was going to tell me. It just, it just 
screamed at you from the wall. Yes, like that's- <laughs> exactly. It screamed at me and it told me that, you know, you can do this and you just, you have to be willing to sacrifice a lot because it's hard for people to give up or it's hard for people to realize that what they think they're doing for their family is not good, right? Absolutely. Like they think everybody needs to have a job. Yes, but it's how we correlate the job to our lifestyle. Our job doesn't work for us. We work our job. It's how we put in the nine to five shift, how we start our day. Exactly. I have many clients that are entrepreneurs and you know they work the nine to five. They start their day at five o'clock. They move their body in the morning. They, they practice their lifestyle changes that I've asked them to try on for size if it's something new for them. And they tell me wholeheartedly that the way that they start their day and they end their day sets the tone for their day. So it's definitely something that I encourage with all my clients. With some people, it resonates and with some people, it doesn't. But in some way, shape or form, I get them to give it up. (laughs) (laughs) Determination. I love it. Yeah. You you shift them to your way of thinking. I love it. By experience. (laughs) There you go. Is your business solely or primarily focused on working with women? And if so, why did you choose to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women? Okay. So let's be honest. The, uh, the quote, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. It runs deep and true. Like if your wife is happy, everybody's happy. So we rule the world. Women rule the world. We know what we want. We know how to get it. Sometimes we have to deviate. Sometimes we have to, you know, yell, scream, get a little bit upset to get what we want or, you know, pull a, have a hissy fit or get emotional. But at the end of the day, we are the core to a lot for a lot. So I wouldn't say that it's all women that I work with, but at the end of the day, the accountability is on us, right? right? Like, Oh, go to your mom when you're dealing with hubby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Did you ask your mom? So I find that women need a little bit more TLC Because we don't give ourselves enough time to do that. So when people meet me, I give them the positive energy that if I can do it, you can do it. Which is important. Lead by example. Yeah. So like I said, I lead by example. And at the end of the day, they feel it because I'm a strong believer of energy. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? Accountability. But I'm sure exactly. you add, you have to act as, as their guide or teacher. You have to act as their accountability partner as well. That's part of your job too, right? It is. It's just a matter it's of whether they're journey. willing to accept it. Exactly. But it's their journey. I'm Absolutely. here for the direction. I'm not here for the execution. So uh, there's where my accountability comes into place. I'm going to be the director of your little skit here. But the accountability <laughs> is yours. For sure. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the knowledge. Hopefully I'm going to give you the power because I check in with my clients weekly, bi-weekly, but the accountability is there. Yeah. I'm the GPS. There you go. They're executing. They're the driver. There you go. That's it. Diana, what lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? When I see my clients and I see in their eyes that they know they can do it. And then, you know, we've been masked for two years now, yeah. but when you can see that smile in their eye. Yeah. Now working in the health and wellness and nutrition world, I'm going to assume you're a big advocate of self-love, body acceptance and women's empowerment and all of that amazing stuff. Can you speak a little bit about what each of those things mean to you on a personal level? So again, the stigma, you know, we all have to look a certain way. We all have to be a certain size or 
body image. And it's, you know, I, I notice it a lot with some of the young adults that I've had to work with. Right. And you kind of have to like pick and choose your words, how you're going to describe certain modalities to them, but it's not about our shape. It's not about our weight. It's not about our color. It's not about our hair. It's how you feel. Like even my clients, do I have to get on the scale every week? No, don't get on the scale every week. I put you on the scale or you put, you know, we take measurements. We do, if it's a weight loss client, or if it's a client that wants to gain weight, I've had, you know, some clients that come to me to gain weight as well. No, it's not about that. It's how you feel, how those jeans feel, how your shirt feels. Was it snug a couple of months ago? Now it's not snug. How do you feel when you look in the mirror? Do you feel tired, older, grungy, you know, or are you looking at yourself in the mirror and you see like a dewy face, a healthy face, light in your eyes, you know, and then the self-love aspect of it. And then the empowerment that women feel when they look at themselves in the mirror and they like what they see. That's what I tell my clients. You, you have to get to that level where you're standing in front of the mirror. You stare at yourself square in the face, air kiss yourself. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely Air, not. Kiss yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you're an amazing human being and that you love yourself. Show up for you. Show up for what makes you happy and fills your heart. Be kind to yourself because if you're kind to yourself, you can be kind to others. We're not mm. perfect. Us as women, you know, we come pretty damn close to being perfect. <laughs> I love it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where I like to preach to my lady clients. Do it for you. Show up for you. That's Look it. at yourself and, you know, your accomplishments. Look at them. Don't just sit there in the mirror, brushing your teeth, putting on your moisturizer because, you know, you're, you know, it's going to take the lines off or, it's, you know, soften the line. No, put it on. Feel the love that you're going to be giving your face. Brush your teeth. Look at air kiss yourself. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Say, say good morning to yourself in the mirror out loud. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Tell yourself you love yourself. That's right. Yeah, because 100%. If you don't love yourself, who's going to love you? That's right. Absolutely everything. Everything starts with self. You are the foundation for all of it. Mindset, Absolutely. all of that stuff. That That's where it all starts is within you. And we all have the tools within us. It's just a matter of figuring out how to use them to get to that place. Because sometimes they're buried so deep that, you know. That's right. Life happens. For sure. Situations happen. Life happens good, bad. And sometimes it gets buried. 90% yeah. of the time it gets buried. You, you just need to, whether yeah. it be with your hands or a shovel or however, whatever you need, you got to dig it out. You got to get to the root cause of yeah. why this is happening. What yeah. went wrong? Absolutely. Diana, since the massive explosion of social media platforms and all the people using them in the world today, in your personal opinion, how has that impacted the whole body acceptance, self-love and women's empowerment movement? And do you think it's taken things in a direction where those words don't hold as much power or meaning with the media turning it into something that's the in thing right now or buzzwords to use? Or do you think it's helped bring awareness and shine a light on these things? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's amazing. And it has brought a lot of light and love and awareness, especially in the last two years. But I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer and like a negative Nancy, but we need to squash that because there's no room for that negativity. You know, we have to be comfortable in our own skin and not judge one another. Okay. If someone works hard, looks amazing and is doing well in life, appreciate it. I find that, you know, people don't give people the credit that they need to not hear, but they need that validation. They've done well. 
Yeah. So social media, it's a front, but I find that people are not genuine on social media. They'll like a page, give you an heart. They won't comment. There won't be, there's very, very few I see. I don't sit there and devil into social media and read all the comments, but very, very few comments about, you know, good for you. You did a, an amazing job. Your journey, yeah. you know, it's your purpose. You know, yeah. it's what you're, you know, you're doing A to Z 100% of the time. Stay focused, stay the route, keep on going. Very few comments like that. And there needs to be more of about that we're not in competition with one another no it's we're it's, stronger together than that's we right are in competition together that's right it's, there's always going to be that new darling there's always going to be that new person in business just be kind to each other support each other because if we have that we can get to where we have to be or where we want to be 100, faster 100% it's community over competition every time and we need to celebrate each other's successes and each other's wins no matter how big or small all wins need to be celebrated and they Absolutely. should be. Absolutely. And I, I, they are, and they have come leaps and bounds in the last couple of years, hands down. But I would have liked to have seen it a little bit more. Yeah. I would have thought that it would have been a little bit more. Well, hopefully it just continues to grow and spread. And it will. Yeah, I think so. It just takes time and it, and it takes perseverance. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of the word empowerment, what does that word mean to you? How do you define the word empowerment? Sacrifice, support, and being selfless. Love it. We put a lot of ourselves out there each and every day. So we have to, like I said, we have to do better, but in order to do better, we have to support one another. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with that. For sure. And being empowered, you know, you have to have the support and Mm -hmm. you have to be selfless. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? Having gratitude, being grateful. And the way that I feel every morning when I wake up for my opportunities, I actually am grateful for my failures. And I'm grateful for the energy that I have each and every day, which allows me to be who I am and show up for myself every day. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I'm easy to talk to. I tell it like it is. And I don't care. (laughs) A lot of people don't like that. And I can make people laugh like I just made you laugh. There you go. That's important. And I have the ability to see the positive side to a lot of things. That's also a plus for sure. So I think that those are a few of the unique skill sets. I wouldn't say superpowers, but skill sets that I that I, I do would, have under my belt that I can. I, I, can, I would uh, say those are superpowers. Be very confident with. I would say those are superpowers. We all have superpowers. I think we all do. Everybody has a superpower. We, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Being consistent. I like it. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? I have a lot of things, but most recently, and because of the current situation with the world for shits and giggles <laughs> in 2021, I competed, fully competed in a bodybuilding competition. Awesome. 47 through COVID. And I actually found out that I'm quite good at it. And I think I'm going to continue that journey and call myself an athlete, which is exactly what I am and wear that hat as well on top of holistic nutritionist, mom, sister, aunt, CNP, all the other hats that I wear, (laughs) aside from having my kids, aside from all my other great accomplishments, you know, but I found that 
I guess maybe because of the circumstances we were in, that was my biggest high in a very, very long time. And it, I it's, love it. it's, yeah, it's my greatest win. That is awesome. And my medal that I won hangs like as soon as I, this, it's the last thing I see before I go to sleep. And it's the first thing I see in the morning. There you go. Take pride in that. And again, this speaks to what we were just talking about, celebrating those wins. That's huge. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I would say the most important thing I learned in life was the accountability concept. I felt like a robot before I became accountable for my actions and where my life was going. What I know now is that everything I have and all that comes to me is because I put in the work for it. I deserve it and I own it. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self, Diana? Being honest with myself and setting reasonable goals for myself. What is one common myth about your profession that you want to debunk? I don't have one. I actually have two. Okay. The first one is when clients or even just in speaking with people, they give you this, can you really fix everything with just food? And you know, when I hear, I worked with another practitioner and they said, I can't even tell you how many times I hear that. It makes me crazy. But (laughs) what you put in is what you put out. Like it's, that's just the way that it is. If you eat unhealthy and don't exercise both your mind and your body, Be prepared that eventually doing that, it's going to hit you like a truck. If you worked your butt off, you know, and you, and you had this ideal car that you wanted to own and you set a goal that you wanted to have this sports car and you worked your butt off to own it, to buy it, would you put cheap fuel in it? Or would you detail it and keep it clean and put the finest fuel in it? Even though nowadays it's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I think you might want to rethink that one. (laughs) Yeah. But would you not think of yourself as a Ferrari, like one of the most expensive or a Tesla? Like, would you not think of yourself as this amazing car that you want to own? And it was your goal and you worked so hard. You worked overtime, you worked two jobs, you did whatever you had to do to get the funds to buy this car, would you not treat it with gloves? For sure. So why wouldn't you do that to yourself? Why wouldn't you do that for your mind, your body, and your spirit? Why? Exactly. I don't know. I have a hard time understanding that. That's a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. So the food, people having this thing that they cannot fix things with food, that they need a pill, they need a supplement, they need something. And then always that my other practitioner, well, you're not speaking to your other practitioner right now. Everybody has their own, I don't want to say programs, but everybody has their own style of how they address and heal people. Right. Like how you, we're not all cut from the same cloth. So those two things irk me the most. Okay. I wouldn't say they're myths so far as more as things that really irk me. And I like to, the more is the food that I would just like to debunk and squash right away. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Use yourself as your own case study and don't give up on yourself. No matter what you want to do it. If you've thought about it once, twice, the third time balls against the wall, do it. I love it. I love that. Use yourself as your own case study. That's great. What is one of your biggest life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? So I have a hard time and I always have had a hard time feeling worthy of myself. 
And to be honest with you, it hit really, really hard for me. And it hit home when I was in nutritional college. So there I was 44 years old. I was the oldest person in the class with all these young chickies and (laughs) young gents too. You know, they've all got this holistic modality to their life. And here I am coming out of the corporate world. I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't worthy enough to be part of that group. And then I went through the whole program, which was one of the the hardest things I've ever had to do. I would have like 10 children all over again with no epidural. (laughs) Well, because you have a house, you have kids, you have responsibility, you know, you're everybody's life is a revolving door. You add in, you know, going to school full-time exams, homework, case studies. It's hard. Yeah, the reading, sure. it's just, it's hard. Yeah. So I kind of felt, I, I know this is a horrible word to use, but you know, I kind of felt stupid and not worthy of myself and not accepting all that hard work I was putting in. And then I had this cloud over me. I felt like I had this cloud of, oh my God, I'm, I'm not going to do well. I'm not going to graduate with honors, which I didn't. I didn't, gra- you know, honestly, I didn't graduate with honors. That bothered me for the longest time. And then I get this call from the dean of the school school. And she tells me that I've been chosen to be valedictorian. Of wow. My- yeah. And I'm like, what? This is, <laughs> this is a joke. Is this real? <laughs> is she crazy? Like for Christ's <laughs> sakes, what are you talking about? <laughs> Here I am thinking I didn't even deserve to be there for the whole 18, 20 months that I was there. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't make the grades to do honors, but yet my peers felt that I fit the description for class valedictorian. And there you go. And that had nothing to do with how many A's I got in all my no. all my classes. It had nothing to do with my GPA. It had nothing to do with any of that. It had to do with how I showed up. That's right. It speaks to so who you are as a person. Me, yeah, they voted me and they picked me. At that moment when she was telling me, she sounded like a Charlie Brown teacher (laughs) because I was like totally zoned out yeah but then when I hung up the phone and I processed everything and she told me an email was going to be coming with to confirm our conversation I mulled it over and I was just like my biggest failure just turned into my biggest lesson there you go I know my worth I know what I can do I know that by showing up every day that's what counts and I know that I'm where I am because of me and who I tried with the people that I associate with, the feelings that I attribute to how I'm going to show up every day. Love it. That's a great story. (laughs) Again, that goes back to mindset, right? Absolutely. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? So hands down, I know it's a cliche. It's my my mom. Yeah. Like, honestly, she's fierce, intelligent, loving. She doesn't take any crap. You know, she's just, she's a little rot. Well, she's a bit badass. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. She went after her dream. Like I, I resonate with my mom. I really do. We butt heads because we're both two badasses. <laughs> and you know, she went after her dream late in life and she was extremely successful. She was successful as heck for a very long time. And she didn't lose her faith. She stumbled along the way. Like, and I feel like I had as well. We all but do. At the end of the day, we all do. Yeah, you're right. Her core was her faith. She always I could see it. I could see it in her eyes. I could see it when she sat in a certain way deflated, but she still, you know, she would still bow. I could, you know, she still does it to this day. She bows her head. I know she's thanking God. I know she's thanking whatever, Hmm. you know, energy she had to get through that day, but she stayed focused, grounded. 
and she didn't get out of her head. She stayed the course and she didn't let her success get to her head. She's so humble. Yeah. She did not let the success that she had. My parents were in the, my mom more so in the food industry, restaurant, bakery, pizzeria type ish family run business 30 Uh years. You know, she started out as a little mom and pop shop and then was running two of them at the same time. Young family moved to you know, a new part of the city, out of the city, you know, didn't know anybody, not the education that anybody that's starting a business now has. And honestly, I looked at her in awe and I thought, wow, I'm waking up to go to school and my mom's, you know, preparing food for people to eat. You know, it it was just, it was amazement. I just looked at her with amazement and she's definitely made and continues to make an impact. Now she's retired now, sold the businesses, but she's definitely given me an impact. She's been impactful in my life. Beautiful. For sure. Hands down. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Sure. How would you describe yourself in one word? Strong. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Roar. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? I always smile. I have good energy and I can light up a room. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To be kind. All the time. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Kindness. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? The stigma of control. What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Breathwork and a good glass of wine. There you go. (laughs) That concludes our rapid-fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My son's a diagnosis with autism. What's one thing you wish you had known when you started your entrepreneurial journey? that you know now how much of an impact social media plays seriously it's a full-time job for sure it is I was okay yeah I was okay going into it I knew you know the clinical aspect of it all the administrative work and all that but then you throw in this media stuff and (laughs) Instagram and yeah what and you have to be on it you have to keep up with it you have to stay consistent with it to get your name out there and to keep pushing Uh forward and let people know who you are, what you're doing. Had I had known that, I would have definitely paid more attention (laughs) to other people. So I would have been more computer savvy. I would have, I would have been paying attention. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Mother Teresa. Honestly, she is the epitome of selflessness, love, and kindness. Diana, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Accept yourself, your scars, your wrinkles, your grades, your failures, and all and everything that happens to you in life. They serve a purpose. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your your tribe, your corner of the world, or your your people... What would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say or what words of wisdom would you impart? I would say, may all beings be happy. May all beings be safe. May all beings be healthy. And may all beings be at peace. Beautiful. Diana, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I appreciate you being here. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. You are a true inspiration with what you have managed to accomplish and where you were and what you've done going back to school and entering the competition and all you are so inspiring. I think it's amazing the work you're doing and it's so important and necessary. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. 
I am so honored and happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world, Diana. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and everything that you do. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Diana Corderone. She is the owner and founder of Fine Feather Nutrition. Thanks so much, Diana. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.